This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Plenty of highlights from the football team's win against Florida A&M 38-24. We're not going to give you full highlights. Well, two reasons. We've got other stuff that happened this weekend in just a half-hour show. The other reason is that you'll have plenty of chances to hear the game on repeat. Don't forget also, we do a show called Upon Further Review. That's yours truly and Jim Lauk chiming in with some of our key moments. But really, it's a chance to hear the extended highlights from the game over a half hour. Here, you're going to hear plenty of scores and plenty of turnovers and some of Alex Golish. Hopefully you were tuned in to the pregame show. If not, check out our unlimited unloaded page where we unload not just versions of this show, but other shows and sometimes something that we're doing differently. Mix in some things like our full pregame show, including something that we tried at the beginning. I usually don't call anything with my name in it. You know, this is Bulls Beat. It's not Sharp's show, but I think I got to call it Sharp on the Stampede because... We did it for the first time, and I want to thank Alex Golish for agreeing to do it right off the bus. The stampede arrives at Raymond James Stadium, and this is something that I normally don't witness because normally we're getting ready to go on the air. We were, in this case, too, on Saturday. But to be there and to chat with the coach and then random people that are lining the pathway, that was fun, and I think it's going to be crazy next week against Alabama. We'll worry about the Crimson Tide on Wednesdays and Fridays versions of Bulls Beat. But yeah, go to our unlimited unloaded page later on today and we'll post it for you for sure. As far as the full pregame, so any of the segments you might have missed, that segment where I go on stampede with Coach and others airs right at the beginning, basically five minutes in. Speaking of Coach Golish, it'll be him, of course, along with some special guests on the new version of Bullseye. That'll drop on Thursday morning right here on Bulls Unlimited. We'll go ahead and give you a couple hints as far as the non-football guests, or at least the non-current football guests. Our alumni interview is going to be with S.J. Green, who was on the field the last time the Bulls played Alabama. And our non-football guest will be the captains of the men's soccer team. Oh yeah, we'll be telling you about what happened with them later on in our second segment. And they've got a big match on Tuesday night, but they won a big one on Friday. We'll have highlights of that. I'll also tell you what went down with women's soccer, volleyball nearly. What do we say on Friday's show? They had already beaten IUPUI in their three-match trip to South Dakota. I said, based on their next two opponents, they're probably going to have one match go to five sets, and if they could just win one of the two, it's a good weekend. Well, they had one match go to five sets, and they lost it. And they went 0-2, but some real, real drama and promise shown by volleyball. We also told you that on Friday's show, after we played the 13 goals that the women's team scored against Florida College, that they would be good to get 1-2 optimistically against UCF, and unfortunately they did not get any. Had many chances, had more chances than the Knights, but lost 2 nothing. So details of soccer and volleyball and the start to men's golf in our second block. Let's hit you with some highlights here, though. Florida A&M did the hitting early, but the Bulls had the big answer. And right back at the line of scrimmage, the Rattlers are ready to go again. Here's Jennings, and he fights through tackles and into the end zone touchdown. It's going to be third down and long at the 49-yard line of Florida A&M. So a crucial third down here as the Bulls need 11. 
They were 8 of 21 on third down last week. Brown going to scramble, eludes a tackler, skips out of bounds after getting past the sticks. He's got a first down at the Rattlers 35 yard line. That's a 13 yard pickup. He outran Johnny Chaney who had the angle on him, but Byron Brown just had more speed. First and 10 on the 35. Brown to throw under pressure, drops back further. Great catch, Sean Atkins inside the 20. If he hit him in stride, it was six, but the ball was way up in the air, and Atkins climbed up, made a one-handed catch. First and goal. Brown throwing, got a man wide open, caught, touchdown, South Florida. Chaffray Brown from seven yards out. There's your answer. Bulls on the board in a hurry. Boy, a real hurry. They told us it would be a fast-paced offense, actually, Florida A&M did the trick as well those two drives were 78 and 75 yards in length and both resulted in touchdowns and there was still 10.05 on the clock that's why these games I think are going four hours because you have fast-paced offenses so whatever happens on the drive it's usually not much time taken actually off the game clock and then you have to have the commercial breaks and then there's 10 minutes left after all the commercial breaks are taken and you can't just go right back on the field between drives so yeah Get used to some long games, in my opinion. Wanted to definitely include the Byron Brown run on third and 10. There was really nobody open. It could have been a quick three and out. And then the amazing catch by Sean Atkins to help set up the touchdown pass. Then the first of five turnovers would lead immediately to another score for the Bulls. High end over end kick. Riley a yard deep. He's coming out. Up the near hash mark. Fumbles the football at the 18-yard line. There's a scramble for it. Let's see who comes out of the pile. Still waiting to see at the 18-yard line if the Bulls have their first takeaway. They do. South Florida football. Special teams comes up with the takeaway. Mac Harris came out of the pile with a football. This is one of the few times that we've had to catch our breath, Jim, this play where they are taking just a little bit more time. They're still up to the line, though. Three wide receivers left. Dukes the running back. Brown to throw. Was looking for Dukes. Couldn't find him. Now rolls left. Pump fakes. Gets past his man and rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, USF. Byron Brown, seven yards. That's six for the Bulls. And South Florida takes their first lead of the night. And it looked like it might be smooth sailing from there, honestly. But then penalties really started to creep in, and most of them were legitimate. There was one on a great Sean Atkins. What a game he had. Punt return that I didn't see. And if you even go back and watch it, Dominic Ganella was popped for holding, which, again, did not look like holding inside FAMU territory. Okay, if it's a 10 or 15-yard penalty, you're still in decent shape, but they spotted the ball at the Bulls 25, and that drive didn't go anywhere. Then came the missed opportunities, which Florida A&M would eventually get back in the game based around. I think this is, you heard Coach Gulich mention last week against Western Kentucky, they were trying to put it away late in the first half. Well, I think you put it away if either of these throws get made. And yeah, mostly positives, but there were some things that made you a little concerned. The penalties and these. Fourth and six from the 31. Brown takes the snap. Two-step drop. Looking, looking. Long over the middle. Incomplete. Had a man. Should have been six. 
but a little too much on it and Kelly Joyner who was wide open at the goal line couldn't pull it in and the Bulls will give it up on downs. They had exactly what they wanted and didn't execute it. Little John goes in motion from left to right. Brown to throw got a man wide open and he missed him. Threw it behind him on the far sideline. Little John had nobody within the same zip code. Would have been six, and that's not the first time we've said that in this quarter, Joey. Yeah, that should have been a 42-yard touchdown. Little John was all by himself on the right sideline, but Byram, maybe in his haste to throw it, ended up throwing it behind Little John, and he could not adjust the ball. Both basically extended wheel routes, even though one was the slot receiver and one was the tight end. And as much as those plays were there and didn't get made, give Byron Brown and the Bulls credit for making a bunch of plays when it could have gone a different direction right before halftime. Again, Bulls with an interception by Jalen Stokes on a great play had to settle for a field goal. So when Florida A&M cut it to 17-14 with about five minutes to go before halftime on a drive where they had 58 yards, but... I did the math. Only 37 of them were actually gained by the offense. A lot of penalties. Again, it didn't look good. But how about a 92-yard drive in response? Third down and 10 from the Bulls, 38. Pass is caught and busting tackles and getting the first down is Naeem Simmons. Yards after contact for the Bryant transfer, and it made all the difference as he moves the chains for South Florida. Brown fakes the run, throws it out. It's a double pass. Atkins pump fakes. He hits Dukes in stride, and Dukes down to the seven-yard line. Brown to Atkins to Dukes. Beautifully executed. First and goal, Bulls. It's a great weapon. Sean Atkins is a very talented passer. We've seen it on two-point plays in the past, and he was like a, a, a quarterback there and, and let his receiver come, out, come to the open field. Second down and goal. Tight ends Little John and Greenwald on the right side. There's the throw to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, South Florida. Little John went up and got it, and the Bulls extend their lead in the final minute of the first half. Really a good job by Byron Brown sucking the defense in with the fake handoff and he finds the big tight end Jason Littlejohn in the end zone and this is a physically imposing player who looks great in his uniform, great coming off the bus and he is producing so far this season for the Bulls. Kind of an important end to the first half and I'm not just talking about that play. There was only 48 seconds left on the clock but man, Florida A&M, two big passes over the middle. Of course, the Bulls were kind of playing a version of prevent defense there. And it's not a bad quarterback on the other side, Jeremy Musa. All of a sudden, they are inside the 10 on this play until Jalen Shuler kept it a 10-point halftime margin. All passes on this drive so far for FAMU as they go with a short clock. There's one over the middle, caught, fumble at the end of the play, and the Bulls have the football. Coming back the other way with it. South Florida with their fourth takeaway, and it'll be South Florida ball coming up with it. On the recovery is D.J. Harris with five seconds left in the half. Jalen Schuler forced the fumble, and then D.J. Harris recovered. So the defense, after being pushed around a bit, having FAMU get in the red zone, they come up with another big, big takeaway. Oh, by the way, Joey Johnston has not replaced Sam Barrington, although Joey did a great job. Sam had a special event he was attending 
out of state on Saturday and will be back with us for the big one against Alabama. That was the first half. Second half started off with the Bulls having the ball, but the sacks would start to creep in. Florida A&M had six of them on this day. Again, check out Upon Further Review. It'll debut late Monday afternoon. Remember Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Oh, yeah, we should have probably mentioned this by now, but uh, don't worry, Bulls speed ahead. We'll cover it a plenty starting at 7 a.m. on Tuesday. The double whammy in a good way of Thursday and Friday, Tampa General Hospital with the $25 million gift. They'll get the naming rights to the football center, which will be right there with the on-campus stadium. And, oh, yeah, the approval came down from the Florida Board of Governors, the BOG, on Friday. The on-campus stadium is green-lighted as far as the financing plan. So make sure you tune in Tuesday morning. First airing at 7, although, of course, we'll give you plenty more airings of Bull Speed Ahead. I know Michael Kelly was kind of fired up about all that. And as a matter of fact, if you want his first comments on both, he did sit down with Jim Lauk in the pregame show. That is part of what we'll post to our unlimited, unloaded page. You can hear his comments there. But back to the highlights here on Bulls Beat. Great job by the defense. After Florida A&M converted a couple of long passes, a 30-yarder, a 15-yarder, but they started to dial up the blitzes. Amaris Brown got a sack. Defensive hold did not help, and Florida A&M was actually at the 10-yard line, but nice pressure forcing a field goal. But the Bulls would go three and out, and I don't know if you heard this. On the postgame show, we always give you highlights and Coach Golish, but both Jim Lighthall and myself give you one key non-scoring play, and with you know five scoring plays and five turnovers for the Bulls, was there something else? It was... Nothing that would jump out at you on a box score, but it was huge in my opinion and something that we hadn't seen in a while. And that is right after the Bulls go three and out for the first time all day, Florida A&M goes three and out thanks to solid coverage and solid pressure on their quarterback. And by the way, credit Andrew Stokes in between those two drives for a 53-yard punt. So the Bulls' defense did their thing. Then next drive, Bulls were facing a fourth and four in no man's land, probably too risky to go for it. It was clear. They were trying to draw the Rattlers offsides, and they did. And then they end up scoring as a result. Running back left side, Brown flares it out to the right. It's caught. Nice move. First down on the far sideline. Boy, that's Sean Atkins again. He's had a nice game. The yards after catch gives the Bulls a first down. And they had two receivers on the far side, and Choffrey Brown had a nice block. First and ten Bulls. Here's Brown keeping it almost looks like a busted play but he's able to scramble around the right side and he takes it all the way in the end zone. Byron Brown put those green lights up. The Bulls extend their lead in the final minute of the third quarter. Wow that guy Byron Brown has the the feet of a of a dancer. He found the opening when there was none got to the sidelines and cut it up and there's really no way he should have scored on that play but he did just an unbelievable run and it felt like the Bulls would be able to put it away at that point and they did not they did not go anywhere with their next drive Florida A&M goes 90 yards in just four plays wide receiver out of the backfield easily clears a linebacker perfect throw by Musa and with 10 minutes to go It's 31-24. Kind of made the next drive important. A key third down play and a really key fourth down play. We'll have those for you when we come back, along with some comments from Alex Golish. Then we'll get into highlights from the men's soccer team beating Indiana. Oh, yeah, they play Clemson tomorrow night. 
Also tell you how volleyball, women's soccer, and men's golf did this weekend. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat. This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Again, just to set your mornings on Bulls Unlimited, Bulls Beat, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday begins two hours earlier than we've had the show starting over the last few years. So first airing at 7 repeats every half hour until 10 o'clock. Tuesdays, it's Bulls Beat Ahead with Michael Kelly. We record those shows normally on Monday afternoon. So listen for that early in the morning. And then Thursday, the full hour of Bullseye with Alex Skolish, another player for the Bulls, and a special guest from another sport, and a Zoom call with Sam Barrington and an ex-Bull. Again, we'll be talking to SJ Green as we're recording this show, lining that up for the airways this week. Love that new show and love bringing it all to you on Bulls Unlimited. We'll also be bringing you men's soccer on Tuesday night. Should be a good one against Clemson. It was a great one Friday. We'll give you the first goal of the year, which led to the first win of the year here in a little bit. But yeah, as we left off, two pretty important plays by the offense to help finally create the winning separation and slight comfort at Raymond James Stadium, which incidentally, 36,000 fans, excellent crowd, and should be packed next week. But I love the environment and there was a lot of cheering on these two plays. It's now third and long. Interesting play calling and an opportunity where you're trying to take time off the clock and move the chains. The Bulls have put themselves now in a third and 11 position. From their own 43. Ground to throw, pressure coming. Rolls out to the left. Looking, looking, now throws. Got a man caught, and that's going to be a first down. Inside the 35-yard line, it's Sean Atkins once again, his fifth catch of the night, and maybe the biggest one so far. Nope. First and 10 on the 35. Yeah, no question, and Byron did a great job that time buying some time and finding Atkins. From the 31-yard line, fourth and six, the Bulls are one of three on fourth down. Brown looking toward the sideline. He's got four wide receivers. Now he's got the ball. Straight drop, decent protection, throws it long. Got a man caught. Touchdown, South Florida. Naeem Simmons, 31 yards. And the Bulls extend their lead in the fourth quarter. Boy, Brown put that on a dime. Simmons ran under it for his first South Florida touchdown. Somehow they sprang free Naeem Simmons. The transfer from Wagner, a great FCS receiver, and he was all alone in the left corners, brought it in over his right shoulder, a perfect touchdown play on fourth and six, and the Bulls may have iced this game away. So Brown now responsible for five touchdowns. He's thrown for three, and he's run for two. That's what college football is all about, is, is the students coming out. That was really, really fun. Appreciate everybody that came out. I think said 30-some thousand. Um, again, that's what college football should be. It says 36, 495, which is cool. We got to get it to where where it's a hot ticket, and that's our job to continue to build to where that place is packed and rocking and uh, super, super fun. But I want to thank everybody that came out. I genuinely mean that. It, it's really cool for our kids to see, see it rocking and fun. I thought we did some really good things. Um, you know, we, we flipped the, the sack deal from a week ago flipped the red zone success uh, from a week ago or lack of success from a week ago. You know, it was an interesting game, um, offensively tougher to run the ball than we're expecting. You know, there's a couple of those three and outs that, that you got to flip and, and continue to keep drives alive. But 
they did a good job defensively, played different a little bit more than I had probably expected. Thought defensively, thought we created some stops. We got better on third down. There's a couple critical third downs that that we just got to keep our composure. And then the penalties, uh, we got to continue to clean up. There was some there was some post snap stuff that that shouldn't happen. Uh, and I think that's, you know, literally walking off the field, sitting there thinking why that is. And I think it's just continued experience with situations. You know, I, it's it's so fascinating to see how many new guys, and by new guys, I mean guys that hadn't played a lot of football. You know, we, we had Jalen Stokes, who was a captain today, and he's like, Coach, you know, like I, I've never traveled, let alone started a game, let alone played snaps like that. And, and so there, it's all across the board. You know, on both sides of the ball, just a bunch of guys. You can say, man, we went in the portal, got a bunch of new guys. Well, there's also a bunch of guys that didn't play. Just because they're from the portal doesn't mean that, that they were ready made. So it's just game experience, and that's not necessarily what, what you want to hear, but it's the truth. And I definitely don't mind him reminding us from time to time, Jalen Stokes not traveling with the team last year, and now all of a sudden he's just that solid guy. Post-play, the Amaris Brown kind of a throat slash standing over a guy yeah you can't have that but he's so talented and I think the Bulls showed out a lot in this contest again full highlights upon further review with Jim Lauk on Monday afternoon and more from Alex Golish will have his press conference tomorrow we will post that audio to our unlimited unloaded page so look for that Tuesday afternoon again on SoundCloud Spotify I always tweet out I'm sorry, put out on X when I'm posting this audio at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. So we'll do that with the Goldish Presser tomorrow. And more than likely, I will interview someone, if not Bob Butehorn, then player or players, and we'll put that out. We won't have time to, of course, have a new Bulls beat before the men's soccer team plays Clemson on Tuesday night, but we'll put out an interview. And oh yeah, Friday night was pretty special. Bulls started off 0-3 on the season. Very good competition, even though their last outing against Mercer was kind of a letdown performance. The Bulls had lost their first three games, each by 2 nothing scores. So clearly, they were going to have to get a goal at some point. And this Indiana team, which came in ranked 15th because they lost one match this year, but certainly a dangerous team, lost their first and third leading scores from last year's squad, but they're so strong defensively and they have a great goalie who was making some big stops early on. But Ashmir Spengler was creating so many chances, and a transfer addition for the Bulls got them on the board. Now Spengler looks at Anderson. Oh, he's got Chechu off to his right side. Slots it to Anderson. He's in. Onside. Jalen. And that's the goal! First of the season for the Bulls! Ashmir Spengler has been serving up dimes all night, and Jalen Anderson beats... The very difficult to beat Indiana goalkeeper. And it is 1-0 South Florida. The chances have favored the Bulls, and finally they take advantage. He was NC Wilmington's leading scorer last year. He actually is the guy that looked like he had scored for the Bulls in their first game, the goal against Washington that was overturned for reasons that we still don't completely get. But Jalen Anderson fiddling got the goal. Indiana would absolutely test the Bulls, but... They were staunch all night themselves defensively and against a team that was out shooting its opponents basically, not basically, on average 19-5, to 5, the Bulls outshot them 11-10. to 10. And 
there were three players on defense that seemingly two could not be on the field at the same time, but Bob Butehorn and company made a key formation change. Three in the back, five in the middle, two up top. The wing backs in the middle, both are defensive sorts with Sergio Pineros Mayorga and Richard Thompson, so that was the change to the formation. Luca Holenstein and Brian Schaefer and Nick Scargill are all central defenders, so how do you get those three outstanding defenders on the field at the same time? You change your formation, and it worked. They all had key plays. We'll put an extended highlight reel on our Unlimited Unloaded page so you can hear some of those plays. But here's how the game ended. And oh, yeah, you know, I sometimes will post close calls that go against the Bulls that could have made a difference. I'm not going to put the video out, but when I mention a possible handball call here, it could have easily been called. But this official was not going to give any easy or obvious fouls. I thought that benefited the Bulls, but they earned the victory. And here's how it sounded at the end. Jalen Anderson tries to get in there, headed towards the goal, and Horrocks has it. He punches it away. He's got to get back as it's chested down. Now Indiana clears it, and Scargill can't get to the ball. This is dangerous. And boy, are the Bulls fortunate there as Jamone Barclay almost handled it with his hands. With 80 seconds to go, every Indiana player wanted it, but they're going to get a corner kick. Bulls need a good clear. Plata does the trick. And can Anderson get to it first? He does across midfield. It's one-on-one. Oh, what a move there. And he's nearing the penalty box with 50 seconds to go. Good defense by Indiana. That should be a corner kick. Absolutely. That's great work. They got their goal. And they got a huge W here tonight. The Bulls for the first time since the mid-80s have beaten the Indiana Hoosiers. Boy, did they need that. For a match that was one nothing, it had a lot of drama, and we'll replay that along with the replay of the football victory. Clemson comes to town. Team like Indiana that started off the year in the top 10, lost early to UCF to drop out, but don't let their 2-2-1 two, two record fool you. Clemson is still going to be a big-time challenge. Just lost at Notre Dame this weekend, but Notre Dame is really good. Tuesday will be on the air at 7 o'clock. Well, women's soccer had plenty of good scoring opportunities, but could not convert. Caroline Delau made some fantastic saves for UCF, and then two goals in a quick two-minute span with about 15 minutes left, and that's how the women's soccer team lost on Sunday. Actually an encouraging effort, although a discouraging result. Drops them to 3-4, and four, and conference play begins for the ladies on the road at Temple. More on that on Wednesday's program. And more on volleyball, which was so close to getting a victory over South Dakota, a team that's made the NCAA tournament the last four years and crushed the Bulls last year in Tampa. Bulls forced a fifth set. They had 17 more kills than the opponent and had a 14-10 lead in the fifth set. Four match points and could not finish off South Dakota. A gut-wrenching defeat, which clearly carried over to Saturday morning when they had to play possibly an even better team in Drake and lost in three sets. Still some incredible numbers from that defeat on Friday night. Amanda DeWitt, 18 kills. Maria Andrade, 16. Buse Hazan, 15. And Tizzy Puyiz with 10. By the way, in the second set, the Bulls had 17 kills to just one error. But in the fifth set, four errors, including some critical ones. They play at UNF for three coming up this next weekend. So they're three and five, so close to four and four. And then conference play starts for them in a couple weeks. And men's golf played at that Knoxville Collegiate 11th out of 14 teams, 24 over par. 
Their best round was their last one five over. They finished nearly 50 shots behind winner and host Tennessee. 25 under, edging Ole Miss by a stroke. Ole Miss was 18 under on its final round. No one else on Sunday was better than seven under par, but the Bulls were led by Jake Peacock. 22nd place, one over par for his final round. For the event, next best for the Bulls were Brock Healy and Wilhelm Riding at seven over par, tied for 42nd. That'll wrap up Bulls Beat on a Monday. I'm Derek Sharp.